Hello everyone, this is Debbie Happy Cohen here. I'm the founder of Joy Based Living and you're listening to a podcast called Mine. It's about reclaiming your time, your energy, and your life. So something I don't talk about very often is that I have a master's degree in counseling. I don't talk about that often because I don't really like it. Uh, soon after I graduated, within months, um, I knew I didn't want to, by the time I graduated, I knew I didn't want to be a counselor. Within months, I actually met my first coach and my life changed dramatically after that. I was so glad to not have to be in a system that was reeked in labels and dysfunctions and the weaknesses of humans when what I see when I see humans is their radiance and everything else is just kind of let's help move that out of the way to let the radiance shine, right? So fast forward a few years and I realized, oh my God, I have some of the, the, the qualifications for um, somebody who's been through narcissistic relationships and somebody who's got disenfranchised grief and someone who's got complex PTSD. And the relief I got from seeing that there were writers who were talking about these things that, that I was actually experiencing. And then I was actually getting relief as I would tune in to the grief and the sadness and the anger and the blame and allow these things to move out. It felt so good. Now, when this happened in my life and I started accepting that labels can be helpful, okay, uh, you know, I didn't really like them before. I was very judgmental about that before. Um, it happened after I already started joy-based living. I started it in 2016. I learned about the, the complex PTSD and narcissistic abuse in like 2018 or something like that. And then went down the rabbit hole of that with a group of other women who were studying the 12 practices with me at joy-based living. So what are these 12 practices about? I'm going to give you context and then tell you a better way than the forums that are out there. I want for you to feel comfortable and safe and hopeful and actually get to the other side of your healing journey in a way that feels more solid than what we have out there in the world. So, okay, I need to pause for a second. I'm I'm really excited uh, about this message. In the 12 practices, it's called the 12, the joy-based living 12 practices, create a life that's true to your soul and master the art of authentic connections. I'm going to tell you the heartbeat of all those practices. Every single person who does the practices in the ver- first three practices, you learn embodiment and you learn honor. And we call honor, feed the cow, feed your container of worthiness. As you go on through the practices, you use the sensations of embodiment and honor to learn boundaries, to learn emotional literacy, to learn what it means to grow a tribe, all all these different things that you want in your life. Okay, I want you to remember the words embodiment and honor. So I'm with these women who are like, oh my gosh, I think I'm dealing with these labels as well. I think this is what's going on in my life too. Well, Okay, two things happen. Number one, uh, as many of us have 
gone through the healing and are now popping into like a sense of flourishing. Like people around me are flourishing now. Just like we got through the rabbit hole. We held each other's hands through healing. Now as new members come in there, they get the the sense of, oh, it's safe for me to like deal with my pain. Um, what I have found is that disenfranchised grief is kind of at the heartbeat of 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 when we don't have somebody other people, a community of people to say, I'm so sorry you went through that. When we don't have, um, when we shame our grief and we isolate ourselves in our grief and the grief can be for things that if you think about like people apologizing, like, oh, I'm so sorry. I don't want you to feel bad. I didn't want to tell you that because I don't want you to feel bad. That creates further isolation. Now, as a, as group members, we do not dwell in storylines, we don't dwell in, you know, you might, you said one of our members is still grieving for like th- three, four years. She had a few people die in her life. Nobody tells her that she needs to stop. We totally accept her as she is, but we're not hooked into the storyline. What we are committed to is being present in our bodies as she shows up fully present in her body with whatever she's feeling. I hope this is making sense to you because this is super, super, super important. Now, one of the reasons I don't really like the field of counseling is most counselors don't even know what disenfranchised grief is. They don't know what complex PTSD is. And these are the things that if you know, if you unlock these, you will unlock 99% of, of the mental, emotional difficulties out there. That is my experience. So... Here's here. So recently, I never did this during all these studies that I was doing and healing. Recently, I opened up some Facebook pages of like, you know, just different thing groups of like disenfranchised grief and CPTSD and things like that. And don't worry, not I'm not bad mouthing any of these groups. I'm so glad that they exist. I really am. Because when people are first going through it, they might feel like, oh, my gosh, I'm just I'm not alone. I'm not alone. Here's the problem with it. So I opened this one that was like on on one of these forums and everybody there is really having a heavy, 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 difficult time. Now I'll tell you what, if I was having a funeral because somebody close to me died, people would show up to the funeral and to the best of their ability, they would be strong for me. They would be strong for me. I mean, they might be going through something, but they would do their best to be strong for me, right? And so the funeral would be for the people who are, were the closest to that person who died. And, and for each other, right? You're going you're gonna to be there to hug each other, to process grief with each other. Brene Brown says that, you know, grief heals best in community. That's, when, that's how it really heals. Um, okay. So when I went onto some of these forums, what I found is, this is like going to a funeral for somebody that I love and having everybody else at the funeral all crying about their own funerals. And that's hard. So now I'm going to switch context again so you can see where I want to land this for you. My intention at Joy Based Living, you can figure out your own way to do this. I'm good with that. But I want you to know I've created a better way and this is why I created it is that at Joy-Based Living, what you learn how to do is 
you learn how to increase your bandwidth for all of your emotions. So you're not stuck uh, accepting some emotions and pushing away or rejecting the other ones. You learn to hold your arms with a larger hold holding space, like for a bigger baby, for a bigger, larger bucket, uh, so that your emotions could come and go and could come and go and could come and go. And the less that you reject your emotions, the more bandwidth you have for all of your emotions, including joy, the more you have capacity to hold those emotions for others. So if I feel real uncomfortable with my own sadness, but I haven't even touched it, I haven't even really delved into it and dealt with it, then when you come to me with your sadness, so let's say it's a it's a sadness that maybe I feel stupid about. So I don't know, my bird died a few years ago and I was ridiculously upset over it. Ridiculously sounds like a judgment, right? But I was just, I was crying for days. I was just like heave crying for 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 a few days. And um it was hard. What if nobody around me said, I'm so sorry. I'm so sorry. That's that must be really hard. I now I had people to grieve with me, but what if I didn't? Or I'm gonna give you some really extreme examples here so you get this. What if somebody had an affair? That's something that I don't like even talking about. That's not even it's not it's just, it's not an okay thing in my book to cheat on other people. Um, but it happens. People do that sometimes. And sometimes they go, I can't even believe I did that. I feel just horrible. And then the person dies. And then who do they grieve with? Now, what's happening there is that they're left with their grief all by themselves. They're left to grieve alone. And when you're left to grieve alone, guess what gets piled up? Shame and guilt. Usually. And guess what happens when you have shame and guilt piled up? You behave in ways that are more shut off and shut down from others. You actually pass on trauma. And maybe you become more aggressive with other people or maybe you become more isolated. But you're not more you. You're not more you unless you process your grief. When you process your grief, you become more available to your joy. And and that's what I want for you. So what what the 12 practices do for me and for the other members of the group is nobody is holding the others to be in a certain place. So if you're part of like a trauma group, you're there because you're all experiencing trauma. Here's the other problem with that. You meet people, you heal together, But if you're part of, let's say, a trauma group, then once you heal from trauma, what happens to those relationships? Well, to me, everybody in the world is meant to flourish. Everybody in the world has the capacity inside of them to flourish. And when we build relationships with other people, those relationships shouldn't necessarily end just because we've healed. It's like, oh, I've healed, now I have to lose these people that I got really intimate and close with and told them my deepest, darkest secrets and who were there for me during the deepest, darkest times. What, now I have to lose them? I think that's ridiculous. And so I wanted to create a structure of, of, of ways of being that are based on values of being authentic with yourself so that you could be authentic with others and so that you could welcome their authenticity into your life. And then when you're in that kind of, uh, I was going to say ocean, or you're in that kind of lake together, 
you can you can kind of sail along together no matter what's going on and and you're you're familiar with cheering each other on for joyful things and uh not being uh, you know not holding back uh appreciation because you're practicing appreciation recognizing that there's joy in the other person that you want to stand for and there's joy in you that you want them to stand for in you and there's a sense of reciprocity because you don't mind giving but you want to be in relationships where there's reciprocity but it doesn't feel like um transactional there's reciprocity which means hey i see that you're there um let me let me reflect back to you what i see in you and if I have something and you need it and I'm available to give it to you and it's not going to harm anybody for me to give it to you, I can do that or you can give to me. But there's not a sense of transaction. And so then you start developing true friendships. And so I think I I'm, I covered what I wanted to say here. I hope it makes sense to you um, about that, you know, the limitations of of grief and trauma forums is that they often don't have... Uh, a large enough bandwidth, a wide enough bandwidth of emotional well-being. And that leads to everybody in a pot all kind of suffering together. And it doesn't have to be that way. So if your baseline is embodiment, meaning being true to what your own body is feeling, sensing, experiencing, and you practice that, and your baseline is honor, honoring yourself, honoring others, and uh, holding a sense of commitment and loyalty to yourself and others uh, to bringing out the best, then you'll want to be around that. And one of our members just recently wrote, my biggest wish is to have um, joy-based living members actually in my town so that uh, she said it would feel like heaven on earth because she's uh, usually in our online group, so we rarely ever see her in person, that it would just be heaven on earth. And that's why it's heaven on earth, because we're emotionally aware, we're embodied, and we welcome each other's radiance, beauty, and joy. And that's what I want for you. So that's what the 12 practices can help you do. And we can continue this conversation and how that can work for you. If you want to reach out to me, ask me any questions that I can post here um, at the at this um, uh, recording. <laughs> what am I doing here at this podcast? Um, I'll be happy to do that. Um, if you feel like you might be a good fit for joy-based living, reach out and let me know. Best to find me at Facebook Messenger. Um, I'm also available on a very limited scale for one-on-one consultations for coaching. And um, the 12 Practices ebook is at joybaseliving.com. I wish for you the very, very, very best life you can possibly create for yourself. And I'm cheering you on, cheering you on, cheering you on. Have a wonderful rest of your day and I'll see you on the next podcast.